T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WEEI's coverage of Red Sox Winter Weekend is co-sponsored by McFarlane Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlaneEnergy.com. By the E.L. Harvey Companies, including Nosic Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers. And by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. This is Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. When we hired Craig Breslow, we sat down with Alex uh, and went through the process and said, look, we are going to bring in a new leader of baseball operations. That leader of baseball operations is going to be responsible for addressing your situation, your contract. The manager works for the chief baseball officer. But that is Craig Breslow's decision. Um, That's part of our job and ownership and management uh, is to make sure that we have the proper sort of line of authority and chain of command. Sam Kennedy, one of uh, several guests here in the first hour of the show, Curtis, that stopped on by. And now we've got Sweet Lou right in the middle of us here in Winter Weekend. Oh, good to see Lou. Great to see Lou. How you doing? How you been? You did the whole, like, front office yeah, the FA manager. Yeah. It was it was odd that Tom Warner was sitting in Ken's lap <laughs> the whole interview, but it was a. Uh, we had a. I, I have to say, Lou, my biggest takeaway. Yeah, looking great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, Is that your biggest takeaway? That I look great. <laughs> I mean, sadly, that's one of the few positives. Well, he was just at fantasy camp two weeks, right down there. Boy. I just flew home Thursday night. My boys lost a big game today. I was, you know, but good group, good group, a lot of fun. Ooh. A lot yeah, of fun. Jealous. Was Joe Castig out there? Joe was there announcing the lineups. Yeah, it was nice. Me, Trot, Dauber, Mirabelli. Wow. Fun. Yeah, it was beautiful. Trot Nixon. Yeah. Uh, Legend. My favorite Trot line was game seven when he went down in 04. He looks into the camera and he's like, I hope it snows tonight. And then he went out there. <laughs> that guy was the ball. Stone anyway, cold. Um, Craig Breslow yeah. looks like he wants to get off the highway. He, he, <laughs> he, he, I think he was thrown in, and then he sat down right after we had Sam and Tom on, and Sam said that when I asked about Corey, he said, well, we hired Breslow to be in charge of all that, so that's all Craig Breslow's decision. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, I found uh, Craig to be interesting, and I feel that Alex Cora is as light, and as he's, he views, he seems different than last year, whether that was Heim, whether that was, who knows what, but I think he seems confident entering a walk year where he'll have many options at the end of it. Yeah, you know, it's, as this thing's played out, obviously I think 
some things that were said where expectations were a little bit different, right? I mean, I know you guys talked to Tom and, and where everybody thought this offseason was going to go. And I almost feel like Greg Breslow walks in. It's completely different than when Dombrowski walked in, and that was truly full throttle. Like, I am walking in here. I'm trading guys away. We're signing guys. Whereas Breslow's walking in, looking at this organization and saying, you know, and now I feel like this is the way it is, that we're a couple years away. But do you think they misled Breslow into what he was getting into? Did he know no. the, the restrictions on him? No, I don't know if they misled Breslow. I think those conversations were private, and I think they knew what was going on. The misleading might have come in maybe with the fan base of what we thought was going to happen, you know, including myself. But the way I look at it now is, like, Breslow sort of walked in and said, okay, you know, you got some guys in double-A, triple-A. We like the big leaguers, some young big leaguers. This organization, I got, like, a vision for two or three years. The problem is the fan base is, like, it's already been four. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so he's walking into a spot where he looks at this team and says, well, they are where they are. You know, we're maybe a couple years away, and everyone's in agreement. Fortunately, you got a fan base that's like, now it's a six-year rebuild. You know, and that's maybe not what I thought they were going to be doing this offseason. But in reality, when you see their actions and now their words here this week, that's kind of the reality, which to me, I don't necessarily agree with it. Because it's almost like you... I got, you got three kids walking around here, Tio, Meyer, and, and Anthony, and it almost feels like you guys have to be good. You know, and if you're not good, I don't know where we go. Like, we're waiting for you. And Meyer struggled last year, yeah, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's like we're waiting for you, and when you guys are great, we'll be ready to go. Well, that's awful tough to do, you know, putting a lot of heat on some prospects to go out there, stay healthy, perform, and actually be really good when you first get here. Yeah, and what is always sort of, you know, going back to that fictional conversation, which I think represented some reality at the end of Moneyball when you had Billy Bean interviewing John Henry or being interviewed by John Henry at the uh, Fenway there. And what the selling point to Billy was, Billy Bean, was you can find the diamonds in the rough and we can augment that yeah. with the firebrand of this brand, of the fan base and, the, and the, the financial ability that you lack in Oakland. And I just feel like now they're giving themselves such... I remember talking to you last year. It, the, the margin of error yes. is tiny. Yes. And the reason why Boston and New York and Chicago and these, you know, the Dodgers have always been relatively good is that you can fill in the gaps by just throwing money at something when the prospect doesn't materialize. And now I'm sitting back here, and it's another year of, okay, if everything goes well, we're at 87. Yeah. And the Red Sox shouldn't be doing that at the highest ticket prices in baseball. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's – you remember like Kansas City a few years back where they had their nice little run with Salvi and they had Gordon and they had Hosmer at first base, and it was like, okay, this is a really good team. They went out and they bought in a couple of free agents. They made a run, and then they hit free agency, and it was like, poof. Bye-bye. And then we're going to try to do this again in the A-ball. That, that's what small market teams do, right? They wait for their prospects to come up. They spend a little bit on the fringes because they still can't go crazy. They make a run, and when those guys hit free agency, it's over, and you restart it again. What big markets do, you always want to develop, have a core. All the great Red Sox teams had cores, you know, um, that won championships. But while you're waiting, you know what I mean? While you're waiting for the AA, AAA guys to get to the big leagues, you can supplement that with some big free agent signings. Because or, or trade for Lowell and Beckett. Yeah, but even then, yeah, yeah, exactly. That team, you know, ready to win. So you do something like that. But, you know, to me, I still look at it and sit there and say, you could sign Jordan Montgomery, like, which I still, to this day, like, I'm trying to figure out where he's going to go. And you switched why, your why, avatar, though. He was, he was your Twitter picture, and now it's question mark. He was, but then it was like, it's not going to happen, so I took <laughs> it down. But then the longer it goes, I'm just wondering what's going on here. But while you're waiting for some of these prospects... 
you know, and some of the young guys in your roster to kind of, you know, have that third, fourth year in the league. You, you can supplement it financially. That's the advantage of being a big market team. But that switched. Like in, when Francona left in 2011, he wrote his book. He had in there how infatuated the ownership group was with star power. Yeah. What happened to that? I actually think 11 is a good, good talking point, you know, because remember what happened in 12. They sold them everybody out. You know what I mean? They just they, they did that big trade with the Dodgers. They got rid of all that money, and it was like very motivated group coming in to win a championship, win another one in 07. And then really 13 was an accident. Yeah. You know, it was almost like, here we go. We're going to rebuild. We got some kids in the minor leagues. And then all of a sudden in 15, 16, rather, when everybody came up, Bogarts had three years in. You saw Mookie, Jackie, Benintendi. You saw Devers coming. That's when they kind of went all in again because the core was kind of maturing. But I almost wonder, like in 2011, if you've – if you got burned a little bit, you know, and then here comes Sandoval and Hanley, got burned again. And it's like free agency doesn't work. Uh, you know, I need to be convinced that I need to spend this and put this over the top. Yeah. You know, you had you had two Hall of Fame GMs convince them to go over the top in Theo and Dave. You know, so now it's like you, sometimes you got to go in there and I think pound that desk and say, we need this guy. Yeah. I, to me, I, I look at the the timing and the way we had, you know, the front office report every day, every week last year on the Greg Hill Show and, it was Brian O'Halloran, and it was the continuing question of it, refusing to admit that the organizational philosophy had shifted. Yeah. That, that even though everything you were seeing was a shift, there was this fear that somehow admitting that to the fan base would actually create more anger, when in reality, I think the Red Sox fan base, they know Mark Mayer, they know the players in double, triple A, they know who's coming down the pipeline, they know who's the free agent, and it continued this offseason the self-inflicted messaging wounds, whether it was, I can't envision the Red Sox without Xander Bogarts, when they knew they were going to sign Devers over Bogarts, and they should have. Yeah. Like, why do they, with the full throttle, why do they keep doing this? Well, that that's, I mean, the stuff you've been hearing the last day or two, if you heard that in October, November, you would be like, okay, this is what they're doing. They're going to wait another year. Right. And you may not have liked it or agreed with it, but you would have known what to expect. It's kind of getting your expectations up and right. then knowing what you may be really going to do. And, and I just think it's there might have been a thoughts and ideas that they really could have got Yamamoto and they really could have got this guy and that guy and everything else. And then once they saw the reality of the market, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. You know what I mean? So, But it's like you shouldn't – that expectation, I think, put a lot on it. If they were just saying what they had said today or yesterday, I think people would have been, like, not happy about it. You know, because to be honest with you, you they should spend right up to it. Like last year, that 225 thing we found out about those 8 million wiggle room, you could have went out there and traded for a Jordan Montgomery. And I think stayed in it right to the end and maybe even snuck into the playoffs. You're eight games over 500 in August. You know, so the, they should creep right up to that number and then at the deadline determine where they want to go with it. And they're lucky the Yankees were bad last year. This year, they yeah. could be good and it could, be, it could look even worse. Well, the thing is, is that, yeah, the Yankees get Stroman and Soto. In the American League, I guess Hader just went to the Astros. But before yesterday, I was like, no one's done anything. Like, the Dodgers have done everything. Right. You know, yeah. like if you count what the Royals did, but the Diamondbacks have added some guys. But Baltimore, nothing. Toronto, nothing. Tampa, nothing. They lost Glasnow. So it's like Yankees got Soto, and it's it's kind of there. I, you know, but Well, I, I always get sucked going. in. So last year, I think I said like 90 wins or something. Curtis was mocking me the whole year. Uh, I believe the opening day of 2022, you said they were going 162-0. and 0. Well, right. But they were good in the first three innings. Um, so... They're going to play the young guys. I'm fine with that. Like, as a fan, I want to see the young guys. But are they too 
reliant or, or are they too hopeful that these guys are going to take a jump? Like, how good is the young core that's going to play? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake you can ever make is just assume that everyone's going to be just be better. Yeah. Like, well, it's year two. He's going to be better. Well, it's year four. He's going to be better. Well, that's not how it works. I mean, you can go through the history of the game and find out year two, some guys maybe sometimes take a dip. Yeah. Year three, maybe they take a dip. So um, it's just very thin. Like Pedro told you last year, Bayo's got better stuff than I do. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think I, I disagree with him. That's just him being <laughs> humble. I think I think Bayo's only we've only just he's only just touched it a little bit. Like he yeah. can be pretty special. And um, I actually think Nick Pavetta is going to be really good. He's a different guy now with that slider. Completely different guy. Sweeper. Sweeper. But it's just you're relying on everything, right? You're relying on Tristan staying healthy and building off year one and Bale building off year one. Duran was absolutely electric and awesome when he was healthy. Can he do that again? You know, story. That might have been the most surprising part of last It really season. was. Yeah. But I tell you, the most important one could be Trevor Story. Yeah, like you know, when he's now where, where this team is right now, and it's just like last year. It's like a lot of things have to go right, um, and last year a lot of things actually did. They just sort of got, they just were gassed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we, Lou, for years, you know, we have fought the you know baseball dead. We would get some ratings and you know go back and forth with the yeah. football people, Fourier's and all those yeah. guys. <laughs> right now, it feels like the Patriots and the Red Sox are mirror, mirroring one another. Like it yeah. feels like you've. Each organization, you said the Red Sox are in year four, but the rebuild begins now. The Patriots had four years to rebuild after Brady, but the rebuild begins Very now. Very similar. Both organizations are relying on past wins for trust about what they will do in the future with sort of unknown commodities. And both have a tiny margin of error. You said, Mayor, these guys have to be really good. Everybody sees the third pick. It's like, oh, it's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. Just sign it up. Like, it, Nope. It's overwhelmingly li- likely that it's a mediocre player because that's the crapshoot. So... This organization, when it was really in a battle, which it was with the Patriots and the Bruins and the Celtics, it felt like there was this desire to outdo the other. Now it feels like the malaise has taken over both franchises. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I think they've actually mirrored each other, you know, for a little bit of time, you know. But the Patriots now sort of like, I say bottomed out, but you know that's kind of where they're at right now. So it's um, football's just a different animal, you know, because yeah. you hear all the time like. Red Sox fans, you always talk about the ownership is cheap. Ownership is cheap. Right. Meanwhile, Robert Kraft is 31st in cash spending. You know, you're like, <laughs> and you're an a-hole if you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the difference. Right, right. now, it's still def- defending the Patriots, right. and it seems like it's fair game on the Red Sox, which, you know, I-, I understand that. To me, it's like it's passion. Everybody wants them to win. I want them to win. I want them to go out and spend. I just feel like the difference is in baseball, it's, you know, you need a core, but you can go and spend the money. You right. know what I mean? And And – to me, it's like I think they're still at $30, $30 million, and it's like, you know, whether you're talking about trading Jansen, you know, and, and, and if you create the narrative that if you moved on from Jansen, it's just for a salary dump, you know, you can actually go the other way and be like, well, there was some injuries last year. He is getting older, and it's an extremely valuable asset that teams are going to give me something for. And if this is where the organization is right now, and you're talking down the road winners, then what are we doing with four closers in our bullpen? Right. You know what I mean? When a guy like Martin can do it and Hauk can do it and others, it's it's you could move on for him and it would actually make sense, not just a salary dump. It wouldn't be for that, but you could do it. But they just need innings. They're in the same boat as they were last year. You know, one injury away from somebody having three starters a week again. Right. You know, and it's that's a tough way to live for 162. So I don't think they're done. They're going to add something. I just don't know if it's going to be uh, – Exactly, full throttle. Jordan Montgomery, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, full Maybe throttle. Just, yeah. All right, now we have we should set up an Ask Lou box here from the fans. I got a yeah. fan question for Lou: Is Devers going to play better in the field, or will he be a DH? 
I mean, he's going to play third. There's no question about it. And, and I think for him, it's time. You know, and I mean, Gore talked a lot about it last year. You know, he went out, I thought last year he went out there for about five or six weeks. I was like, man, he's playing great defense. And then here comes the first error. You know, and, and if a second one comes quick, it turns into five or six in two weeks. And, you know, you're, you're at the point where, you know, he, I think he's actually – I think he's a good third baseman. I just think mentally sometimes when he makes one, he's so hard on himself. And I've, we've all been there where you start questioning and doubting um, that he makes like five or six in two or three weeks. And, you know, you're six years in the league now. You know, mentally that's something he's got to overcome. So for this, for this organization, they need him to be better at third. Defensively, they need him to be better. They need Casas to be better. Range-wise, story will help. Because really that DH spot, you kind of want Masa. You want Yoshida, I believe, you know. 70 games in left, roughly, so we can DH a lot. That was another rough. Boy, he had some awkward moments out there. Yeah, he did. You know, I actually think he's going to be a lot better year two. You know, I think that um, year one is a huge adjustment, huge. You look at a lot of guys. I saw, like, Suzuki out in Chicago that was year one was – year two was much better. I think he'll settle in a little bit and be the good hitter that he is. Defensively, you do what you can do. But if you can limit the games out there and at the H spot, kind of have him, I think that will help him too. Last one for me, Verdugo. All the stuff we've sort of found out. I think people around the team knew of things that yeah. wasn't out there. How much will that sort of subtraction? Is that addition by subtraction? Is is that a guy that was was a problem? Or no, I don't think he was. A, I don't think he was a problem. I just think it was more of a frustration of, you know, hey, let's go, get in here on time, you know, and kind of be motivated for six months, not three, you know. So it was probably more of a disappointing thing because if he was the player that he was in the first half, it sure as hell would have helped in the second. Right. You know what I mean? He was so. Great at bat, great defensively, really starting everything, getting going. And it, it just, for whatever reason, you know, it was just a lot of stuff kind of behind the scenes. And w- this day and age in sports, when you get benched for not showing up, if you think it's the first or second time right. that's happened, then you're nuts. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's probably the fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it is. Managers, right. they're going to protect you as much as you can. So, And I think Alex said, yeah, hopefully he does well out there in New York. I'm sure he will hit in between the, in front of those two monsters. Right. In that park. With, with that ballpark, he's going to have a pretty good year. And, you know, it's too bad because you, 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 defensively you were such a bad baseball team that you just traded away your best defender. But you almost felt like you had to, yeah. which is really unfortunate. Well, last, last one. So the Cora thing, back to that. Last year of his deal, Breslow's yeah. responsible, basically, we were told today. It's his call. As a former player, is that going to be an issue in the clubhouse? Like, is it going to be awkward? Is that Will that be a, a storyline all year? I think it really depends on how the year goes. And if it's sort of setting up to be somewhat similar, you know, um, it should be. I think it's a concern, you know. And not just for that either. It's just more of like Cora almost being sitting there saying, okay, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to go out there every single night. I'm going to play who I can. I'm going to pitch who I can. Now, these three guys are down. I'm not going to hurt them. If we go out there and win, we win. If we lose, we lose. We're just short. Or like the you Patriots, know? there were like sources coming out from this side and this side. Yeah, Everybody it's, gets it's, their, you know. He's a manager. He wants to win. He wants his team loaded. He wants three for. He wants Yamamoto. He wants Montgomery and Snell on his staff. He wanted to trade for Soto. You're a manager, right? You don't. You just want to win right now. And if you know the team starts to struggle, you start to wonder if he's sort of like, I'm not. He, he'll never quit. He'll always go out there and manage and have that relationship with the players. But at the same point, it's like sometimes you just sit there and the game starts. Like, all right, this is what we got. You know, we win, we win. We're going to go out there and do our best, but um, and then sort of see what the future holds. So, uh, I think he's a great manager. I think what Craig Council signed for, I think, has opened up a lot of managers' eyes because you would never see a manager walk. I, I don't think. A what good, did he get? Five years, eighty, forty million, eight year, eighty year. You would never see a very good manager walk into a contract year 
and personally not really be that concerned about it. He looks because totally you, unconcerned. Yeah, because you know once, you know, whatever. Hey, you either give me the extension. If not, I'm a free agent, and somebody else will. You know, it, the game is different a little bit because of that money that that guy Craig Council got. Lou Merloni, everybody. The great Lou. Back, Thank you, Lou. Back with yes, us boys. this year for 70 games on the radio. Yep. Awesome. Nesson as well. Yep. Fort Myers bound again yep. shortly. Gresham Foyer. Yep, and Gresham Foyer every Friday. Yep. We thank Work you for with the boys. Good seeing you guys. Good to see you, Lou. Take right, care. Man. You got it. Joe Braverman with Trending. And, by the way, Pedro Martinez, 1145. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kenny Curtis said Red Sox winter weekend and our do you, coverage. Do you hear Weird Al? Sponsor you to do. Okay, do you hear Weird Al? All I hear is I love Rocky Road. <laughs> That's not one of his better covers. I remember it. I, Weird Al is underrated. WEI's coverage of Red Sox winter weekend is co-sponsored by McFarlane Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlaneEnergy.com. Pardon me. By the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers. And by Aviva Trattoria. They're hosting a Greg Hill event on the 28th up in the Stoneham location. Yeah, a week from Sunday. Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. And Tessie was just trying to get to do, what, five games? Yes. Yep. We considered Tessie. Uh, Pedro coming up after the next break. Yes, 1145. Of all the things I've been able to experience in this unbelievable life I've been privileged to have, when I worked at Fenway, at Aramark, selling stuff in the stands... By the way, you worked there for like a week, I'm sure, and quit. Nope. Three years. Three years? Joe Valenti, V-A-L-E-N-T-E, was my boss. Aramark was the company that ran... They still do it. That was a big poison pill the old owners put in when the new owners bought it. They extended Aramark like 20 years as the only vendor at Fenway. Anyway, I'm sure they're great. But... um, (laughs) So when I worked there, you had to get there 90 minutes before first pitch really? to pick whichever thing you wanted to sell. That's and then, a problem for you, I know, uh, based on working with you. I would, uh, <laughs> I would get there, and you sit in right field, and when Pedro was getting ready, he would do long toss. And he would, one, uh, the Montreal Expos, this is how old I am, we're in, we're in town, and Vlad Guerrero and Pedro, obviously friendly, 
from the same country, all that, played long toss from the far right corner of right field. So beyond pesky pole, around there, Vlad Guerrero went like in a couch catcher's stance by the Fisk pole, and Pedro would hit his mitt. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. That was like peak Pedro. So People I am, got there early just to watch him yeah, take the warm And Pedro was watching. so amazing with everybody that worked there. He like took care of the little people. I saw it. He was as good as it gets. So my uh, the first athlete I was uh, in love with before uh, Tom Brady came around is uh, Pedro Martinez. So looking That's, forward to that. Yeah, but speaking of, speaking of Pedro, uh, Brady in the uh, NFL, great week for the Patriots in that Gerard Mayo is here. By the way, Gerard Mayo live with the Greg Hill Morning Show, 8.30 Monday, in person. At Gillette Stadium. At Gillette. We will be there. And uh, I think he did a great job, a lot of people back and forth, about the press conference, you know, whatever. I thought it was a good press conference. I thought he seemed confident and in control and not in any way fearful of the job he was taking and who he was taking it after. But the best thing of the week was Bill O'Brien going to the Ohio State Buckeyes. (laughs) The best news, I don't want any part of him. Josh McDaniels is going to be going with Belichick. That's going to be phenomenal. Well, I still don't even understand who brought him here. There's been mixed reports since. Robert about- Kraft brought Bill O'Brien here in November of last season. But I thought he was a Belichick guy. There was a report from Giardi that he was a Belichick guy. He was a Belichick guy. But Patricia, the reporting now is Patricia and McDaniels will join Bill at his next destination. If he has one. Bill O'Brien is in Ohio State and... That the biggest dud of a hire was Bill O'Brien. <laughs> we all thought. Well, it was just sad trombone. I mean, two or three games was the difference he was going to make. And God, did he suck? Maybe that he offense, did. Maybe they'd be worse without him. I don't know. But the the uh, I thought this week that was the best news the Patriots could have had. But I I will say the down on on Gerard Mayo telling Steve Burton you're going to draft a quarterback very odd. I think he was trying to be honest, much like Sam Kennedy here has tried to turn the page to honesty and being forthcoming. And it's a good thing generally, but I don't expect it to continue in either case. Well, I don't want the Patriots to take Jaden Daniels at third. You don't? No. He's a guy, Jaden Daniels, first of all, look at Brian Kelly quarterbacks in the NFL. They all stink. (laughs) The other is that Jaden Daniels preseason, this has got Trey Lance written all over it. Who talked about Trey Lance? in September of the year he was taken third overall. Who did? Trey Lance. He was getting buzzed that year. Okay. I'm talking about, like, we knew Trevor Lawrence. We knew uh, Andrew Luck. We knew about Cam Newton. We knew about these guys. For, like, multiple years leading into the final game. Right. Yeah, because you're right. Because the draft season, everybody starts to get infatuated with tape and all that stuff. The, The hot commodity, the late riser, is terrifying to me. At three, the Patriots take Marvin Harrison Jr. You... I would trade for Russell Wilson, fourth-round pick. Why oh, not? Oh, God. But, I mean, well, oh, my God. What, 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 who Expensive do you want to have and uh, just... It's no, not, you, don't, you don't have to deal with any of the guarantees. All that's paid by the Broncos. No, you go for a young quarterback. You go for a quarterback, and you go for a young one. Okay, I, I would... So are you going to take Jaden Daniels sure. at three? yes. That Wh- whoever's it. the best of the three left. You know what teams do that? The Jets for 20 years. Well, where did Mahomes go? He was 10th. Yes, and how many... Was he, like, the third quarterback taken? 
Okay, but Patrick, worked out pretty well. Patrick Mahomes had a phenomenal career. He also was drafted by one of the best offensive minds in NFL history and sat behind a pro bowler in Alex Smith for a full season to understand an offense that was wildly talented. Well, maybe he sits behind Mac Jones. The Patriots don't have a left tackle. They don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a number two wide receiver. They don't have a guard. They don't have a right tackle. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a, anything. On offense. So take your time. Draft him. Jordan Love sat for a little while. No, you take... Rodgers sat for a while. What's more likely to have success? Who is more likely to have success? Marvin Harrison Jr. or Jaden Daniels? It's a, it's a coin flip. It's really not. There have been wide receiver busts aplenty, especially that okay. high. I've watched Marvin Harrison Jr.'s three-cone drill. He is impeccable. <laughs> well, that's the Patriots. That's the week. And we had a Celtics game of some note last night. The vitriol being thrown Greg Hill's way... Yeah, I mean, he jinxed them big time. I mean, part of me wonders if he does this just to get DMs, but, like, <laughs> I got shrapped. All these people are losing their mind <laughs> that he cost them. He's, if you missed it, yesterday on the Greg Hill Show, we had our guy Costos on. Yeah. And Greg is pumping up this fan duel prop that for, what was it, 20 to 1? Yeah. The, you know, the, the Celtics did not lose another home game. On the night they're playing the most difficult opponent they'd be playing at home all year. You talk about that prop on Tuesday. Right. Oh, God. Well, and then, so, obviously the Celtics lose late. They've got a clutch problem. They do. Close and late. Close and late problem. Missoula. Um, And it's really, it's on Tatum to me. But Perkins says this about Joe Missoula, Kendrick Perkins on ESPN. If you take his brain and put it in a bird, the bird is going to start flying backwards. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Just unloading on Missoula. uh, And I didn't really think it was his fault last night. I'll pass on that comment. But that is, um, what is with Perk? (laughs) I don't know. He's he's turned on it. He he doesn't do these drive-bys. Like, he doesn't really. I feel like Perk should be in Boston on Comcast. Perk and Papelbon. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the the Missoula thing is just so staggering. Well, but he's been good lately. But it's like you have this Ferrari, and you're having someone who just learned how to drive operate it. So you agree with Perk? I mean, I don't think he's a bird brain, but <laughs> I, oh, I yes. do think that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, ma'am. I mean, I hope Missoula, he could, that's a pretty easy retort from Missoula if he yeah. wanted to. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I never understood it. When when the news came out that Wick Grosbeck had to read his team the riot act after falling down three games to none against the Miami Heat, wasn't it basically, and that they had to have that mutiny where Windhorse reported in game six against the Sixers. Yeah. They had to reset the starting lineup against the wishes of Joe Missoula. I thought it was over then. Well, if you're just joining us in the first hour here at Winter Weekend, we had Sam Kennedy and Tom Warder right out of the gate. At uh, noon, I want to replay Sam Kennedy's fiery response to you. Oof, I was called a liar. You basically said, I don't believe you guys care anymore. It, it, was, in, it was in a nice manner, I thought. I, I thought I did a great job of saying it, asking it in a way that made it seem like it was a nice question. Yeah, but you got their Irish up. I mean, they were... Boy, they were angry. Uh, he can join Wiggy. And the answer is a minute 40. So, But if you missed it, you go back on the Odyssey app and listen anytime. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's about uh, 10, 15. Right. Or at noon, we're going to replay it. And sometimes the app will just keep playing things over and over again. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. It's oh. flawless, the app. Okay. But it, uh, Pedro will join us next. What do you really want to ask Pedro about? I'm just going to geek out. If you're if you're my age, if you're almost 40, yeah. I mean, Pedro Martinez embodied what greatness was on a day-in, day-out basis. I... I didn't have much of a social life. Shocking. Still don't. Uh, never really had one. But you made your plans around Pedro starts. I remember vividly. Better than Brady. S- Say it. At his peak, he was better than Brady. 17 strikeouts at Yankee Stadium. The only hit home run by Chili Davis was 
the first inning correct, and he hit Ricky Ledet, I think. But um, one of the most unbelievable performances. And he was almost as good in a press conference as he was on the mound, and he was the best that ever was on the mound. And everybody talks about, you know, the new ownership, and they did a great job. But the fandom of Fenway Park and the tides of Boston sports began to turn in the right direction when Dan Duquette traded Pavano and Armas for Pedro mm. Martinez. Indeed. We will talk to the great 45 next on Kenny Curtis. All right, back at Winter Weekend here at the Mass Mutual Center in beautiful Springfield, Massachusetts, where our fine affiliate, 105.5, can be heard loud and clear, Curtis, and, of course, always on the Odyssey app. You're not shocked that it's an hour and 15 minutes from South Boston to Springfield. Doesn't it feel like it should be like two hours? I drive like a maniac. It is two hours. I go 85. That's not a maniac. (laughs) You drive 85? Don't announce that. God. What? What's wrong with 85? You're going to get pulled over. I mean, then you're going to be off the morning show. The only thing that I would do is I would imprison imprison people who go 75 in the fast lane of the pike for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. are you doing? And then the people that get outraged, it's like there's plenty of room. <laughs> just go. I have driven with you, and it's not it's not a pleasant experience. Nope. It's just you know, I, I'm you, on edge. I have a gas guzzler. I would not be supporting. I feel you like Breslow at the uh, event last night when I'm driving a shotgun with you. Well, you know, I uh, I, I get you there sober. Well, we're waiting for Pedro Martinez. He will be here shortly, we are told. So we'll, uh, we'll await that conversation. And I, I actually heard he's nervous because he's been a huge fan of mine for a while. <laughs> I can assure you that's not true. Uh, well, I mean, of all the things we've heard today, yeah. big storylines. I mean, I guess Sam Kennedy stole the uh, show last night by saying the payroll is going to be less than it was last year. Right. I mean, if I were to be cynical... I would say that what Lou was discussing, that in October they say full throttle, and then now they say we're going to have lesser payroll. There's certain this thing called season ticket renewals that have to be done. So maybe you're going to renew your season tickets if you think they're going to go full throttle. And then when it's obvious they're not, it's like, oh, I'm now transparent, Sam. Listen to me now. I'm going to tell you we're going to reduce <laughs> payroll after everybody's already re-upped or not. I do think for a while there I did think they were going to sell. And they, I, I believe them now. They're not going to. I mean, they're committed to obviously building Fenway up continually, and, be, and it'll be part of the portfolio and that sort of thing. So they are not going anywhere. Yeah, far be it for me to give them financial advice, but if I were them, I would have done the identical Otani deal, and then in six years sell the team, and then whoever else buys it has to pay him the entire freight, and you get the value that he's brought to the organization. Will we ever? But know, why wouldn't you do that? What, I don't understand well, the my downside. Question. Will we ever know the truth of whether they were in on Otani, like really close? Did they have a chance? Were they even? Did they have a seat or Yamamoto? You know what? You know what? The best thing I was taught by Jerry Truppiano: they don't draw pictures in the box score. It is what it is. You either get them or you don't. Nah, but there's some gray area. You can tell if a team's like close. Sometimes you know. Maybe it was the guy just wanted so to the play the West Sox Coast. So the Red Sox pursuit of A Rod. <clears throat> Um, Close. They were in on him. Yeah. They did whatever they could. Yeah, you believe that, right? Well, of course. Yeah. But if A-Rod had gotten to New York and won three straight championships, nobody would have given a damn that Larry Lucchino was close to sealing the deal. I mean, it's just life. I mean, it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to the Red Sox. But I, the Shohei thing, for all the reasons that we've discussed at length with, with Wiggy and with everybody else who's been in on it, it's just he answered everything. And the organization right now has the opportunity to take over what the Patriots had in terms of market share. Yeah. And they've just totally whiffed on it. And, you know, John Henry was at the Celtics game last night, I believe. It's 
85 miles an hour. You get here an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> he drives slow. He's like me. But, like, even that, like, that just shows such a disconnect. Like, you don't, it's, you don't even care that people know you're in Boston. You're having this event where Sam Kennedy's taking shrapnel, and you're there high-fiving Wick. Like, <laughs> you can't get to Mass Mutual? I mean, I'm serious. Well, Tom was here. But I give Tom credit. The worst thing that I they think John does a disservice sometimes by speaking. He doesn't make his. He's not eloquent with his points, so he's better off to just remain okay, silent. Okay, you sometimes. hire me. I'm not eloquent, but I mean, <laughs> John Henry owns the franchise, correct? He does. Do you like accountability? I do. So, if you're in Boston and you're watching the Celtics Nuggets game, good job, Greg, and you decide not to make your fel- not to make yourself known here, yeah. it's an obvious decision. That you don't care that people know you're here and know that you're not willing to go to a place where a year ago you were booed. Yeah. Well, Pedro's running late. No, so. I see him right over there. Oh, really? Yep. But he might not be, you know, Pedro could <laughs> be signing autographs for a while. So should we take a break uh, <clears throat> or hold on? Doug, what do, you, what do you say? You're the expert. Yeah. We're going to stay. We're going to keep it. All right, okay. Pe- Pedro soon. Pedro soon. Well, this is get, you guys get to watch Ken tap dance. Okay. So we have NFL games today. We have... Uh, Winter weekend here, of course. Brad go on after us. But the NFL games of the four, oh, Bills, Bills Chiefs, Chiefs oh, by far the best one. Cannot wait. It is, there is so much on the line in that one. The Chiefs are three wins away from officially being in the same breath of the first part of the Patriots dynasty. Ooh. I mean, you win three championships, that's, yeah. no matter how you slice it. And well, I say Lamar tonight, his legacy on the line, that's kind of interesting, but not like tomorrow. Here's what the Patriots should be rooting for. The Texans to win because it shows that you can make a big change with the organization with just changing the head coach and drafting the right quarterback early on, right? I mean, you look at what that D'Amico Ryans has done and what uh, C.J. Stroud. But that's also the cautionary cautionary tale that what, Wiggy has to stop that it's the easiest thing to do to pick the player. Well, that's a great point. Hold, hold it there. D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud. That's the model. I mean, right. That's the Patriots model totally. for success. Absolutely. I think that that's part of the reason they were comfortable sticking with what they had planned. And you have um, C.J. Stroud, who went second. Bryce Young went first. It was thought of as this slam dunk. Both are going to be great players. Well, one isn't, and they're already on their second head coach after drafting him. One looks to be great, and now the, the Texans will be a franchise to contend with for a decade. That's what's on the line in whatever, when is the draft? May, April, April, late April, late April. When you're sitting there at three, and I am, um, I like the Texans plus the points tonight. Nine and a half. I do a too. Lot. Yeah, I think that I think the Ravens win, but it's it's not a blow. The Ravens, uh, there. You're right. The most pressure this weekend it goes Lamar Jackson, then Josh Allen. Those are the two people under the most pressure this weekend. And Mahomes is off the hook just based on lack of weapons. No, if they lose, then you know that. Mahomes' stats in the playoffs, 36 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He hasn't thrown an interception since the Bucks Super Bowl in the playoffs. Well, that's yeah, that's what I mean. He's But he's off the hook. But he's if, not. Well, if they lose, then he's... I mean, I think Josh Allen will be like 6-1 and one against him. Mm. I mean, he's been... Burrow, that would be playoff years losing to Burrow and Allen multiple times in the AFC. I mean, that's not something that happened often back in the day with Brady. But I, that's what Mahomes is targeting is very difficult to achieve. If you lose a year in your prime in the divisional round, don't even make it to the conference championship. That's another thing. The, the Chiefs are trying to get to their sixth straight conference championship. The Patriots had gone to eight in the middle of the 2010s. 
So, Patriots fans, I know, are rooting for the Bills, which is an odd place to be, but I think the vast majority of the people are. And I think football fans in general are rooting for the Lions. I, I love the Lions. I love the story. Yeah, but you like the Bucks because Belichick said they were done because they went cap crazy. Oh, what, what a fraudulent thing from Belichick this week, <laughs> where he says that this reportedly week. he was going to go after Baker Mayfield. Bill said to me with a straight face that the Bucks were going to suck because they went all in, went all in and had dead money on the cap. Now all of a sudden you knew that Baker Mayfield was going to have this renaissance season. I mean, come on. But uh, I think the Lions win. I hope they win. If the Lions win, who do the who do the 49ers have, Ken? It's the uh, they play Green Bay. Tonight. Green Bay. Oh, that's not good. Green Bay's going. That's that's the worst game of the weekend. Okay, we're going to take a break. Pedro's here in three to five minutes. We're going to step aside. We'll be back with Pedro Martinez live from the Mass Mutual Center next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 